to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality <laughs> with me. Today, I'm so very excited to have Seductrix Evie. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Man, I'm so excited to chat with you. Like, we've interacted a bunch over maybe like the past year, and yeah, I've seen you just like grow and establish yourself and I've had the pleasure of like seeing you shoot content seeing like how you operate as a pro and like I'm just so excited to chat with you because you're you're a youngin you're a youngin yeah thank you so much that means a lot to me it's um yeah I've been uh in the past year, I think I've really started to get it right into the community. Yeah. Um, but I've definitely been following you for a couple of years and following the Ritual Chamber for a couple of years. And you're definitely someone that I've looked up to. So this is Oh, my like, God. Oh, my gosh. I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the pod. You made yeah. it. <laughs> no, girl, you did that yourself. All you. It's all you. Oh, all the credit goes to you. Thank you. <laughs> Because honestly, like looking at um, all your social media presence and like all the stuff you're getting involved in, it's just so impressive. And I'm not going to like infantilize you and say it's impressive for your age. It's just impressive. It's impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I um, I think I've always kind of had the personality that's, uh, I like to say, uh, balls to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked to go balls to the wall <laughs> and taking things to the extreme. Um, if I want something, I like to go for it. Um, so yeah, as soon as I found out about this whole lifestyle, I dove right in. Yeah. So, okay, let's start with perhaps where you did hear about this lifestyle yeah, and go from there. So, um, <laughs> I feel a little bit like corny and blushy about this, but right when the pandemic happened, um, uh, only fans kind of had their big takeoff, their big boom, um, and got really popular. And so I was, of course, like everyone else stuck at home, didn't really have a lot to do. Um, and so I thought, why not? Why not? Let's get into this. I have, you know, um, always been interested in sexuality and I guess I've always enjoyed expressing my sexuality. So, um, when that kind of happened and became more accepted publicly, um, I went for it. So, um, yeah, there was about a month where I tried to do more, like, boudoir. Um, I think a lot of, you know, femme-presenting people and women kind of get into the submissive role because that's, you know, what the patriarchy does. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you see, yeah, you yeah. see yourself um, represented in a lot of submissive roles and, you know, in a lot of porn, I think, too. And so I, I tried that out. 
um, and was like, yeah, that's not me. That's not my vibe. <laughs> um, but um, in that month, in that like month and a bit, I think, I had made some online friends that were doms. And so they kind of told me about, hey, you can be a dominant and still, you know, get into this sort of work. And um, so as soon as I started going from that angle, I just was like, yeah, this feels right. This is it. I love that. It took you a real quick month to be like, hell no, absolutely not. Immediately, no. <laughs> See, yeah, no. I always like to. I'm. I always like to come from a mindset of I'll try everything once if it's within my safety and like you yeah. know whatever. I'll try everything once. So uh, I tried it and quickly declined it. <laughs> <laughs> not for me. <laughs> So what is it about domination then that either like really drew you to it or that you like connected with so quickly? Right. Well, um, (laughs) I think that I, well, I love the, um, I think it's quite a, uh, a typical kind of cliche thing to say. I love the control, but, um, Mm -hmm. I really do love every aspect of the control within it. I love um, being able to guide um, an individual or a few individuals um, through such an intimate and vulnerable and exciting experience. I also love um, the ability to nurture a cathartic experience within this um, and just watching watching someone kind of blossom and grow into different versions of themselves is such a pleasure for me. Um, So yeah, I guess the ability to not only control that, but guide that experience um, is definitely, yeah, it's, it's wonderful for me. And knowing that, cause that's quite, that's quite a mature answer. Like, so (laughs) hearing that from you, like, did you have a bunch of experience in kink or in domination, like in your life, like lifestyle before going pro? Or like, did you just hook on to that role um, just from starting pro? Yeah, no, I well, I, um, my, my immediate family is aware of, of my lifestyle and my job. And they're very That's supportive nice. of it, which I'm, I'm glad. grateful for. Yeah. Um, and I remember when I told them, they kind of immediately were like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Same, same. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I just, No one was surprised when I told them. Exactly. (laughs) No one, not a person. Not a single person, exactly. (laughs) Not a single person in my life was, um, surprised. And, uh, so that's, that's telling. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I, I guess I've always enjoyed uh, being kind of in like leadership roles or kind of like nurturing motherly roles. Um, and yeah, I went to university for one whole year. <laughs> um, <laughs> Again, decided that, it wasn't for you real quick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, this was a uh, pre-COVID. So 2019, um, I went to university and I actually went for women's studies and sexuality Um, so I've, from, you know, a young age, I've always had a very, um, 
deep interest in humanity, psychology, sexuality, um, re like presentation, how you present yourself, gender identity, sexual orientation. I've always had a very um, deep interest in that stuff. So naturally, when I thought that I would go and continue my education in the university, um, that's what I went for because that's what I loved the most. Um, and then COVID happened. I said, there's no way I'm doing online school because I need to be right there in person. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then after, after I took my quote unquote gap year that has now turned into a gap lifestyle, um, <laughs> I um, found this, so I, and I never turned back, and I don't plan on it. So, yeah, I um, clearly there is like a really passion, like a you know an invested interest or a passion there for you. Yes. Um, and then I like that because um, I think opportunity and luck, like those things, happen when like you're prepared and an opportunity you know, comes your way, right? So you had all this, like, this background and this interest. Um, and then that thing happened where it's like, COVID, OnlyFans, and you're like, this is my kind of chance. Yeah. This is my opportunity to actually explore this. So, yeah, you know, I think that's really cool. I think that happens in a lot of ways. Like, I have a performing background. So it's like that thing of like, what is getting... Uh, booked for auditions really about well it's about right. being completely prepared showing up to an audition with all your experience and all of your preparedness and that luck factor happens where you also where you might have the right look that they're looking for so it's both of those things it's both luck um and opportunity that you're there but you've got to have all that prep and experience behind you for that to happen I don't know yeah, so that totally. kind of feels parallel to your experience a little bit yeah no and I yeah I totally believe that I believe well my personal belief is that like everything is energy and if you put a certain energy out you're gonna get that back so I everything that I do if I want it I'm gonna take those actions to go and get that and make sure that you know <laughs> the universe or whoever out there whoever's out there is is listening and is like yeah this this person they want it they're gonna get it <laughs> absolutely yeah and I I like I get an energy from you that's like uh eagerness mm -hmm. which is really which is really fabulous I think um especially because I think like an archetype of a dominant is disinterest you know Mm. indifference that's yes that's very so, interesting yes I do yeah with you I'm so glad that you're like you feel just authentically excited to be here and authentically passionate and eager which I really appreciate people that kind of go against the grain and are just kind of showing up as themselves I think yeah. clients see that I think peers see that and like I think um that's a great example to set doing an archetype that isn't um, too cool for school. Yeah, and I mean, you know, with that archetype, I think everyone kind of has their sort of, you know, style and way that they present themselves. But I just find that if you are only going with the I am above, 
subs don't matter, you know, it's everything that I want or nothing at all. Sure, if, if that's if that's your thing, you know, and you truly vibe with that, like, Absolutely. go for it. But um, I find that oftentimes that's where you're going to miss out on, like, community and genuine connections. Um, and honestly, I did try that at first. I did try that when I was in my, like, first year online. Mm-hmm. Um, I also... Quickly fell into the online Findom community. Which... Ooh, that's so funny. I was going to ask you about that just because uh-huh. a lot of doms <laughs> that got started during COVID and specifically young doms went Findom. So that's okay. Tell me, keep going. Oh, tell yeah. me about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, because it's like it's a trend. Weird. It's a trend that's happening, yes. right? This yes. emergence of the. Trend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just for people that yeah. don't, don't uh, know that for context. Mm-hmm. So I think that when, um, well, <laughs> I think that OnlyFans kind of became a thing and Findom kind of blew up when um, COVID was happening. And people weren't really calling it sex work, though. They weren't, like, a lot of people weren't like, yeah, this is sex work. I'm dominating. Or, like, you know, I'm just posting, like, lewds online. And so it kind of became accepted under like I I don't know if false pretenses is the right word um right right yeah but like so it's like okay you can have only fans you can have a fandom um and that's cool that's accepted um and so I think I kind of went in with that and then very quickly found out that um and I'm not saying for all of this. I think that there actually are some Findoms that are really awesome and really cool. Same, I um, agree. Yeah. Well, I'm like, go off. Get your fucking money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I also found that there was a huge population of people um, that were going in because it was a trend, because they didn't fully um, recognize that they were getting into sex work. Yeah. Um, And there was a lot of, like, just not, like, genuine kind of interactions. And um, it felt very draining and, like, time-consuming and... Draining, LOL. Calories. (laughs) (laughs) Draining, but not enough draining. (laughs) Drain of energy, energy, not drain of wallets, unfortunately. But, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, For me, so... I find I same thing. I Findom is fully a full fetish, like a full valid kink and Absolutely. a type of play. Um, and I've interviewed a ton of really awesome Findoms as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, speaking to like, I think the pick me nature of this, the trend that was happening. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, that is really draining for me to consume, like on my timeline, for instance. So yes. like, that's something I'll just mute or like, it's if it's a person I know, but I don't, you know, I don't want to like unfollow or block, but like, I will mute because that zaps mm-hmm. my energy to see that kind of pick me energy. Yeah. And especially like, I think also too, where a lot of people were getting, um, confused and kind of misled is that Findom, like you just mentioned, is a full, like it's a fetish and it's a valid fetish. And so many of these people who are hopping on a trend were not educated on BDSM. We're not educated on kink. We're not prepared 
to understand and accept the fact that they were getting into sex work. And I think a lot of, you know, harm kind of came from that for both sides where a lot yeah. of misinformation misinformation was spread. Um, a lot of subs got, you know, screwed over kind of thing. And yep. um, then a lot of, you know, people who were trying to be dominance or just do online work that, you know, they ended up deciding that it wasn't for them. Um were kind of, you know, unintentionally or maybe intentionally, I don't know how it was, but, like, abusing these subs and just, you know, being careless with them because of ignorance. Yeah. Um, so it was just, it was a whole mess. And then, and, likewise, yeah. that was a trend for people just thinking they could make money quickly and they don't have to do any sex stuff. And, um, and Absolutely. you know, it's something I don't need to kind of learn about. You know, I just make posts. I make take hot selfies. I make posts. I'm like, drain the walls, drain the walls. Just as that was trendy, I feel mm-hmm. like then, of course, scammers and catfishes realized right. that was the trend so that mm-hmm. they could kind of transfer their stuff over to FinDom. Mm-hmm. And therefore tons of people got scammed because this FinDom thing became a trend. So like people were catfishes and scammers were like, were calling themselves FinDoms and pretending to be, you know, whatever hot women, let's say. And exactly. um, And it's just like a dude behind a screen that's like getting money. (laughs) Yeah. So not to say that FinDoms were scamming, you know, necessarily, but to say that scammers were jumping on that FinDom trend and scamming via that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's where a lot of the misinformation about sex work and, you know, um, the villainization of Findom as a kink came from. Oof. Um, yeah. Yeah. Recently, I. Um, uh, OK, here's a story. <laughs> here's a short, short story <laughs> just to um, diverge for one moment. So I had somebody book me, sent a deposit, valid booking. The request was a bit much like it was not the most professional mm. thing I've ever read it was a little too explicit like it was a little too scripty maybe uh, yeah and all, yeah a little too pornographic and I get that mm. I'm a sex worker but like there's a respectful way to ask for activities and there's a way that looks that very much when I read it it's like oh this person is mm. fully just jerking off writing this absolutely They're two very different things so anyways mm-hmm. I got like you know I was like Ugh, this guy is kind of a bit gross with the descriptions of everything, but whatever he sent a deposit and whatever. Also, I was just off for a month of a half, a month and a half of work, so I was like willing to indulge, oh, you know, yeah. requests like this. Yeah, so no, there's some months where you just gotta get your bag. If it's safe, you get your bag anyways. It's fine. <laughs> absolutely, it's like different screening depending on your circumstances, right? Exactly. So. Uh, the day before, I believe, he messaged me a big long thing saying yes to cancel because, you know, he's been addicted to Findom before and he's afraid that this will make him spiral. And do and in my response back, can you tell me how to quit Findom? And I was like, dude, dude, like, first of all. Don't put me in that category because my practice is about like connection and yeah, 
and like taking you through this important kind of an experience and it is and like is it erotic absolutely is it sexual absolutely can be um a lot of times is but also like my practice is deep man like it's a bit deeper than that like I want to talk about intentionality and I want to get like do this thing where we're getting your emotional needs met and your life needs met but in this erotic sexual context like don't give me that like I need to quit Findom like you're villainizing me because guess what I'm not a fucking villain my brand is not that I'm a fucking villain um so neither in the fantasy or the reality of my practice do I ever frame myself as, as a villain and I'm not so I took it I was pretty insulted I was like yeah you know, well, he's putting his he's putting his idea of what he wants you to be on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is like, um, hi, I'm a human being. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm some AI robot that you can program. Yeah, and there were like a couple of reasons that that kind of miffed me. I was like, yeah, I was totally. like, I don't think he ever really wanted to follow through with the session. It was enough to just write that email and jerk off over it and then cancel. And that was worth the deposit, the money that he sent me. Right. So there was part of me that was like "Mm, time wasting because now there's that open session at the dungeon that nobody claimed. And right. You know, it it, it not only affects your time, it affects all of the other dominants that are using the space. Yes. And RC. Yeah. yeah, Like all Mm -hmm. of that. So, But I don't know, some, I, I jumped to that because I was affronted a bit, but you know, who knows his journey? Maybe he did feel like he had an addiction of some sort and was trying to navigate it or process it or whatever. Um, I did leave a sassy (laughs) response. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like somebody I told that does have like some sexual trauma and stuff like that and, and, and trouble with addiction was like, yeah, no, I get this person, actually. Like, they probably totally freaked out. They kind of mm. felt like they were bendering a bit and made, and made the booking and then freaked out and uh, didn't know what to do or whatever. Um, right. I think it can go either way, honestly. I think it can really go either way where they kind of have, well, for lack of a better phrase, post-nut clarity. <laughs> yes. Where they kind of are like, oh my God, wait, this is not in my budget. This is blah, blah, blah. I can't yeah. do this. Where at that point, I think what I like to say is that, you know, boundaries or empathy without boundaries is like a lack of self-love for yourself. Like it's a lack of self-love. Wow, Evie. Wow. Um, Oh, thank you. <laughs> nice. Nice one. Thank you. Um, thanks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think that it's a it's a lack of, you know, self-love and, and um, self-respect. And so I think that it is absolutely important to have empathy for these people who do have this, you know, post-nut clarity and are like, oh, yeah. shit. Regrets. Um, <laughs> but I also think, like, um, in that situation, it's like, hey, you just affected a lot of people because, you know, you didn't have your head on straight. And you're going to still need to compensate me for my time. And I, you know. Oh, I kept the deposit. After this, you know. Oh, oh yeah. Kept the deposit and I'm not going to book with this person. But uh, so I did send a sassy response because I was in a mood. Um, but oh, also, I, I it's very true. Her. It's very true, though, because at his last thing was like, oh, please, mistress, can you tell me how to quit Findom? I'm like, first of all, no, or fe- Femdom. Like jerking off again. Oh, yes, exactly. So I was like, me telling you how to quit femdom is femdom, buddy. I'm 
I'm a dominatrix, like, so my sassy response was, uh, you know, book, book a session with your therapist. Uh, <laughs> send, just, just sent that. I was like, my advice to you, but it's true. You know, if you truly, you spending all this money, go to a therapist. if this truly was a situation where the person was, you know, uh, struggling with impulse control and addiction or obsessive kind of, you know, thoughts surrounding whatever, Mm-hmm. talk to a therapist about it go book with yeah. a therapist but also yeah i did mean it passive aggressively also i was like <laughs> oh yeah get right oh, yeah. get right do better get bent, <laughs> get bent. <laughs> and also get bent <laughs> oh my gosh yeah no seriously seriously um yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah no i've i've definitely been there where it's like Um, And I'm also so incredibly grateful. Can I just shout out to the Toronto dominant and like sex worker community? I have never felt like so close and so safe with like my peers ever. We're a good group, eh? We're a good fucking group. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, no. So, well, I'm I'm very grateful because I I find that um, the people that I work with in in this dungeon over here um we have a little group chat and um sometimes if i'm really struggling to find my inner peace with replying i'll be like hey guys is the tone of this message okay or am i biting his head off a little too much (laughs) (laughs) yeah where's the line yeah (laughs) i tell you my my group chat with frey and chloe that is the best that is the funniest the um you know, the the most needed, like, for venting, for oh my gosh, yes. support, you know, all that kind of stuff. But also the funniest, mostly the funniest chat ever. Oh, <laughs> but- yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no. I just, I'm giving a little shout out. Uh, Mistress Jane Doe. Yes. Lady V. Mistress yes. Mystique. Yes. Um, Lady Shane. Yes. Mistress Ophira. Hell Mistress yeah. Laura. Yes, um, yes. Karma's body on Twitter or X, aka. <laughs> hey, um, meeting Karma, yeah. so cute. <gasps> Isn't she so cute? <laughs> yes, the cutest. But yeah, yeah. All the mm-hmm. everyone you just mentioned, all of those amazing we, oh, indie and doms. Lush Lynn too. We, and we but of course, yeah. Of course, the one, the only. Yeah, yeah. no, we um. <laughs> We have the best group chat. We honestly talk about all the time how, like, this group chat is support system, like... Yeah, it's like saving my life. Love, like... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Riding and dying for my ladies and non-binary folks out there. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's a good fucking gang. Like, folks, I talk, oh, yeah. we talk a lot about, like, ritual chamber doms, but, like, that... If you want to a fucking fabulous list of Toronto indie doms. That's it right there. You just said it. (laughs) Yeah, no, honestly, I think like, well, like you guys, the ritual chamber doms and like us over here, every single time the groups get together, it's all love. It's all laughs. It's all just like genuine awesomeness. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I I, uh, think maybe, you know, along with the pick me culture, I think, you know, people maybe assume there's going to be acrimony amongst doms, you know, that mm-hmm. share, you know, yes. it, lo- local doms that are in a city. It's like that they're fighting for clients or something and that you have to kind of, 
do over someone else to get out of booking or something or a client. It's so fucking yeah, not true. Yeah, no. no, 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 no. You and do no, what? nobody has to, to do that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Just book us all. That's the solution. Literally. We want to share. We want to do duos. We want to do trios. We want to hang out and like yeah. dominate you and have a great time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The Bedpost Podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are. Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website, www.clubm4.com, but one of my favorite things to do is to go on Instagram at Club M4 Events and check out what they have going on. So just scrolling through here, we have Wednesday afternoon play party, game night, threesome Fridays, sexy lingerie, Club M4's fetish fantasy, and New Year's Eve glitz and glamour. If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. Well, just going back to a little bit earlier, um, just talking about like um, me getting into the Findom community, I think that's... Um, I was really lucky to find a couple of people um, just online mutuals that... Um, were not only into Findom. Um, that was kind of their main thing that they were presenting online. But they were also really into, like, risk-aware consensual kink and, um, you know, um, psychology or just, you know, how to be empathetic with a human. <laughs> and yeah, it's important. Their minds. <laughs> yeah, and not fuck um, up these people. Like, leave them better than you found them. Yeah, yeah. And guess what? You can do that with Findom for everyone out there. You can actually do that with Findom if you are Absolutely. ethical. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I met these couple of people and um, they, they kind of were like, you should like get out into your city and try to hang out in the kink community and see what happens there. Um, so I think it was about six months after I started my online kind of career and journey um that I got into the Toronto community um and from there I met some awesome people and found out that I could dominate in person Mm -hmm. and that became my goal so I just uh yeah I I trained uh with other dominance like um and yeah let's talk about this because I, I think I'm ahead of myself <laughs> no because I think people you know there are a lot of folks who are interested in doing this professionally right and two questions mm-hmm. which are things you just mentioned is like how can I kind of ingratiate myself into this community and also how can I like train how can I learn to be a dominant right 
Um, so just, um, you can, you know, you can only speak from your experience. So tell me what you did. What events did you go to where you met other people to, to start there? Yeah. So I think this would have been 2021, the end of 2021. Um, there used to be, well, they still host events at the, um, Knicks club. I think it's in Oakville. Um, but there used to be, um, someone who hosted named Miss Christie, and she hosted events there. Um, and th- that was kind of the first event that I went to. Um, I had met a submissive online through FetLife. <laughs> and um, I, you know, kind of did my screening and stuff with him. We met up for coffee and um, he took me to this event and introduced me to a bunch of people. Um, and from there I kind of, I got to play with a bunch of individuals, not like professionals, but, um, I just got to play with a bunch of kinky people. Um, and from, from there, um, I went to a couple more events, um, and I discovered through other people that, yeah, I can fully do this in person. Um, and, uh, shout out to Everest also on x slash twitter i love him um, love him yeah. his little face his cute fucking little face <laughs> get out of here with that Aww, his little slappable face adorable um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah if uh anyone who knows him he has really tall spiky hair at and he's at most toronto events and loves getting kicked in the balls <laughs> loves it um so teaser yeah. teaser alert um, Teaser I'm, alert. I, I'm, intervi- <laughs> I'm interviewing him, uh, next, Ooh. next week, actually. Oh my gosh, yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah. 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 On teaser. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's him. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, him and I, um, had a little dynamic for probably like a year and a half, I would say. Um, and we filmed a lot together, um, he really introduced me. He's actually the one who introduced me to Miss um, Jane Doe. Um, awesome. Yeah. And so I think I learned a lot. I learned a lot through that dynamic. Um, just about not only like um, getting into the professional world, but also just like personal dynamics and like mm-hmm. um, kind of more like lifestyle BDSM stuff. Um but yeah, no, so he, he did a lot of introducing and taking me to different events and stuff, and um, that is where I found some personal dominance in my life. Um, I kind of met some dominance that were in the lifestyle, not professionally, um, that I got to hang out with and, and learn from and um, co-dominate, co-top with. Um, and then I would say maybe about a year into, or no, maybe less, about like six months into knowing him, um, I met, no, it would be a year, yep, um, I was about a year into knowing him that, um, I met Miss Jane Doe, and, um, she is so amazing, the best person ever, um, and graciously um, did duos with me, mentored me. Um, And so in the past year, I have been full-time working as a pro-dominant. So yeah, I think um, 
That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> it was about like a year of um, training yep. and doing like co-domination type things and then a year of mostly doing stuff on my own and obviously I always love duos so <laughs> yeah duos um, and solos <laughs> uh I think co-topping is like one of the best ways to learn so I always Absolutely. I always recommend that as well yeah Absolutely. and co-topping with ideally a bunch of different people you know Yes, yes. No, and I, I found that um, I was really lucky because when I when I first got in, um, I find that I as well as a as a queer and um, gender fluid person, I tend to gravitate towards other queer people in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really awesome to be able to connect um, and get mentored by other queer dominants. Um, and yeah, it was just like that, that first year, I remember being very like nervous. Um, definitely. Can we talk about imposter syndrome? For a yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Great topic. I, yeah, I, um, had the worst imposter syndrome ever probably in my, um, second year of getting into sex work. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I was always very passionate about it and um, eager to dominate. But I found that as I was promoting myself more online um, and meeting other dominants in the community, I was like, oh my gosh, like, am, am I really a professional? Or I feel like such like an amateur or beginner or something. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think... Um... What I think happens with, like, the learning curve of anything, learning anything, any skill, mm-hmm. is that at the beginning of your learning journey, you kind of feel like you know everything. And then yes. and then the next step is, oh, shit, I know nothing. Yes. And then there forward, you really start to, like, learn mm-hmm. and gain skill and experience Mm -hmm. therefore once you hit that curve of being like oh no no I'm I don't know (laughs) shit like only then when you hit that I think you can truly start you know really learning yeah absolutely and that's actually a great way to put it because um like we've been mentioning through this podcast I um when I first got into the domination online, um, it was mainly around FinDom. And so I immediately was like, oh, I should act like I know everything. I should act like I am above the submissives. I should act like this sort of like dominant person who has everything and doesn't have any issues and blah, blah, blah. And so I kind of went from thinking that that's the mindset that I should be in to getting into the like community in real life and learning about like how genuine BDSM and kink dynamics work and that yeah sure maybe in our role play or in this dynamic I am this powerful being that you look up to and that um, you admire and that you want to serve But the reality is that we are two human beings (laughs) that both deserve, you know, respect and understanding. Um, 
And so it's kind of like, almost like it's, it's kind of an ego hit, to be honest, of being like, oh, whoa, okay. I feel like I am super powerful and the shit. Um, but then getting pegged down, <laughs> pegged. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but then getting like pegged down back to the bottom and being like, oh, wait, I have so much to learn, getting humbled, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I have so much to learn. Um, and there isn't, like, the hierarchy is 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 an understood power difference. It is a consented, talked about power difference. There is no, you know these fin doms that I'm looking up to that I thought that I should be looking up to. Yeah. Um, it's not a reality that they are better than other people. And, um, and you know, I, yeah. So I think, I think that was the big kind of, um, drop humbling for me at the beginning that kind of led to the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, I think it was that's like, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like super common, specifically mm-hmm. in the type of work we do, right? Because mm-hmm. we do have this fantasy element of like, you're a literal god, you know, some people's brands yes. are like, you're a goddess or you're, you know, yes. and a lot of, yeah, the fantasy of power dynamic is that we're above, you know, everyone. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think that's why that imposter syndrome you know, it can be super common in what we do because the fantasy is so, like, you're the shit. Um, I think you said that beautifully about, like, the fantasy versus the reality of it, of, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I hate when people are in a submissive role when they approach me, when we haven't negotiated, when I don't know them, they don't know me, and they're, like, you know, humbly kind of on their knees approaching me, oh, hi, goddess, I'm, like, first of all, that's not my honorific, but whatever, but, like, for me, I'm, like, if you don't have the, it's a big red flag for me at this point, if you don't have the um, awareness to know that, you know, that's play. And that the reality is that we're two peers, we're two humans, just like you said, like, there's no power, there should be no power dynamic in negotiating, you know, outside of play, outside of role, outside of scene. Um, I think, you know, there are on top of like the fantasy of a power dynamic and then the reality of there are these inherent power dynamic things of them coming into your space if it's an in-call scenario and you're using all your equipment and all your, you're in your home. So Mm -hmm. of course Mm -hmm. you've got a bit of power and a bit more confidence and comfortability there. So, you know, between those two things happening, I think our goal in negotiation and when we first meet people that we're going to play with is to... Um, try to counteract that as much as possible by doing human to human, you know, talking and negotiating. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely. like our main job right off the bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, no, that was definitely like a, a crash course for me because, um, yeah, you know, the, the online, the dangers, one of the dangers of the online kind of only FinDom community is that um, you're so disconnected from the human to human interaction. And I find a lot of it is like texting or like messaging and, and whatnot. Um, and so there isn't that 
if you just get into online exclusively, there isn't that human to human connection and there isn't that, um, that training around, you know, empathy and, um, negotiate, like scene negotiation, dynamic negotiation, um, power dynamics in and outside of <laughs> whatever role play you may be doing in that moment. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, no, definitely. That's, that's, that's my little story on that. <laughs> so at this point, um, mm-hmm. in your work, um, what do you think people are coming to you for? Like what experience are lo- you looking to give? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. What's like the feedback of like what people love and then they rebook you. Right. So yeah. Um, like I said, I've been, um, full time, um, only, well, not only, but I've been full time, um, doing in-person pro domination, for the last year and a bit, but really seriously for the past year. Um, and I find that a lot of people like to comment on um, my giggling, <laughs> my laughter um, in sessions. <laughs> yes. Um, I've had a lot of people say that they know when I'm giggling, something intense is about to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. So you have I, a tell um, is what you're saying. You have a tell. I guess I do. Um, I like to, yeah, my, my little tagline that I like to go by is sadism with a smile. Mm -hmm. Um, because, um, unofficial tagline, but (laughs) I, um, I love to giggle with you or at you. Um, I love to get into people's minds. I love the mind fuck of it all. Um, yeah, I like to be playfully sadistic. So, you know, I do want to see you squirming and suffering, whether that be lightly or, you know, crying maybe. Uh, either way, I'm going to uh, be having a blast. Ah, <laughs> uh, the two genders, lightly or crying. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, seriously. Well, I'm... <laughs> In my head, I kind of pictured, because I find there's a, a, well, going back to just the original question, I think that there's quite a dichotomy that I have going on with my domination, because I am very playful, and at times I can be very nurturing or sensual, Um, but I also have this very, very sadistic streak where, like, I love it. I love I love seeing you suffer and squirm for me. I love seeing the pain. I love um, making it happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, Speaking yeah. my language, I live for the reaction. And you know me, I'm a playful dominant as well. Oh, so heck yeah. Yeah, heck get yeah. all of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no. So I think um, a lot of people come to me for um, either getting laughed at because I'm making them suffer so much and me having a good time with that or they come for me uh come to me for more of a um kind of cathartic experience um I really really enjoy um feminization um or sissification um dollification any sort of like gender play I am obsessed with 
um, I have found that it's been really like cathartic and affirming and fun for a lot of my a lot of my clients that I see. Um, and I'm also really into age play too. I've had some wonderful, like wonderful moments um, with some submissives who um, who like age play. Um, so yeah, I find that it's either. I'm, it's kind of a mixed bag. I'm either getting people who are coming for the, for the, uh, the sweetly sadistic side, the nurturing, um, or they're coming for the, the kind of bratty, playful, uh, sadistic side. <laughs> yeah. What I'm hearing is that you're, you're pretty versatile, you know? Yeah. I would like to, I like to consider myself a generalist. I definitely have my, yeah, yeah. my, my tops, but I love experimenting. I love, you know, discovering new things. And I just, I truly love learning what makes people tick, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If, same. If I can see that I'm really like getting a reaction out of you, I love doing it. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know people love hearing about stories on this podcast. So what jumps to mind when I ask you your most memorable scene like that you've had recently, let's say? Mm, Oh my goodness. See, I do, I would like, (laughs) I think that um, my experiences are pretty varied, but I would consider most of them intense. I guess that's a common theme within my sessions is intensity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But a few things come to mind, actually. Um, One of them being we hung someone up by their ankles. Um, There's a fun little lift here and there's some ankle suspension cuffs. And so um, we've been doing some upside down suspension and impact play or ball busting. (laughs) Um, that one usually is very fun. Um, and, um, what else? Oh, actually this is a more wholesome story. Um, I love wholesome. Yeah. I, I, um, I had a sub in the past few months. Um, we were doing, um, a feminization and age play scene. Um, and I got to completely transform them, um, head to toe. We did some shaving, some waxing, some dress up. Um, and then by the end of it, they were like fully feminized. And, um, we had a little really sweet aftercare moment where, um, we talked about our favorite parts of the session and I was just like, petting their hair and stuff and um that was probably that's probably one of my um sweeter like like moments that comes to mind in the past few months that I've really enjoyed um yeah yeah, feminization for like you know feminization when it's paired with like encouragement and joy and sensuality um and freedom those are yeah. Kind of my favorite ways I like to do feminization. So Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, people I that make I, you feel good and sexy in your body. Yeah. And I want, you know, I want to yeah. treat you. And pretty like and like yeah. yeah. Or slutty, you know, like Absolutely. Ooh. And I think yeah, ooh, I have I have a little thing on that. <laughs> 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 I feel like um and obviously, you know, feminization, specification 
obviously there are people that will use any kink in an unethical way. Yes. But um, I always kind of, I like to explain it like this. There's a lot of, you know, femme people or, you know, women that want to feel like a dirty little slut and want to be treated nice and fucked good like that. Why wouldn't... Why are you looking at me when you're saying that? (laughs) (laughs) Feel me through the through the through the mic. (laughs) I was just describing myself, actually. (laughs) (laughs) One or the other, one of us. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, no, like. Um, and that's not wrong, so I feel like it's kind of strange to be like, oh, this person wants to be feminized, and they want to be treated like a slut, too, but then calling that, like, misogynistic or something. Like, no, I don't want to be called a little slut because it's a bad thing. I want to be called a little slut because I want to be fucked hard and I want it to be good. (laughs) I want to express my sexuality, and I want to be bent over, and... That's not a bad thing. Absolutely. It's the best thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Au contraire. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I do love my little feminized subbies and my little sissy subbies. I, I do love princessifying them. I love slutifying them. And yeah. Dollifying them. One of my them. favorites. Yes. One of my top favorites. Definitely. Yeah, and I I think that um I think specifically doing these activities it speaks very differently to those of us who are queer, right? Like maybe we have yes. a different lens for this type of play, but like for mm-hmm. me I'm always like yeah, shed the confines of your gender. Um yes. you know, and let's experience kind of this this different thing, you know, and let's kind of explore like what this allows you to access within yourself. And that Mm -hmm. kind of can help you break down, you know, some gender roles uh, for yourself. Like what, what don't you let yourself do? Because of your gender role that you're trying to stick to, you know what I mean? And like, how can we learn from this and being like, no, you have you can have access to this too, you can receive you know, you can, um, you know, you can feel the physical sensation of wearing pantyhose or yeah, heels or, absolutely. you know, we can try these, this breast form on you or you can play with makeup, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I was actually talking to one of my submissives that came in, um, and he was telling me that he was doing a little bit of research on, um, the whole kink and that he found a map that was actually representing where um, like specifically sissification um, was most popular in the world and the most highlighted places um, were places where um, femininity is looked down upon the most and where like masculinity and toxic masculinity is most upheld and where the patriarchy is the strongest. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And so I just, I, I feel so like grateful to be able to, um, share an experience and guide an experience with someone who in their regular life, might be condemned or, you know, really not accepted for expressing this part of their self. 
Yeah, or stuff like, you know, lose a job or, mm-hmm. you know, all that's very real Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely, be, or, ridic- be or, ridiculed by their family. Be like, yeah, like, lose social capital amongst your guy friends, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. There you know, are a lot of very hyper-masculine clients that I see that want sissification. Yeah. And that's really telling of something, I think. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's nice. It's kind of a double-edged sword. It's nice that we can provide this safe space for them. But it's kind of sad at the same time that, like, this is the only place they can do that. Play with gender, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. It, it 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 is sad and and also nice like you know I (laughs) the circumstances are not ideal but I'm happy that I get to play a part in like a positive change in it absolutely absolutely um do you have any like um because it's new year new year new you Mm -hmm. do you have any like bucket list type sessions that you want to put out calls for right now for 2024 what do you want to do this year that you haven't done um, I actually just made a post about this on, um, I don't know what we're calling it these days, X slash Twitter. That's what I've been calling it. <laughs> Twitter um, always for my, me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. We're sticking with Twitter. That's what I, that's what I would like to do. Um, <laughs> but I just made a session bucket list, um, for 20. Tell me, tell me. Um, some of the stuff I have done, but some of it I haven't. And since we were just talking about it. Um, one bucket list item is an extended feminization session. I'm talking like at least six hours where I'm doing a full transformation, full body, full mind, full everything transformation. We go out and like have dinner together as girlies, like everything. (laughs) I want an extended feminization session. That's definitely on my 2024 bucket list. I love that because it's so true. It's like this stuff takes time if you want to do a full physical transformation and then you also want to do those kind of intentional elements you know it takes time like if somebody wants to book you know feminization they're like an hour I'm like please book longer than that (laughs) please that's not really even enough time to get into pegging my person (laughs) no yes exactly let alone like do a makeup transformation like this stuff takes time and I'm talking about like I want to do waxing I want to do makeup transformation I want to like install a wig on you I want to put you in an outfit and heels and then I want to like take you out to dinner and then take you back home and fuck you like a little lady (laughs) little lady (laughs) 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 fabulous okay what's another one on your bucket list um, more med fed, which I know that you like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But more med fed. I, that, that's also something that is, um, top of my list. It's not something that I talk about too much because I am yeah. still training on a lot, like some technical skills. And I would like to obviously make sure that I am super comfortable with all of them before I start offering professionally. But I would like to do some more MedFet training and definitely more MedFet role play this year. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's and my... Needles. Needles. <gasps> yes. Once again, speaking my language. I want to do... one. Actually, that's also on my bucket list is um, like hundreds of needles. I want to do a needle artwork on someone's back. 
Yes. Same, same, same. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is something that I can do and that I do offer needle play, and I I would like to do some art. <laughs> okay, let's get it done. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Hell yeah. So, okay, Seductrix EV. Yes. Where can the people who have just listened to this episode and absolutely fallen in love with you, where can those people (laughs) book you and follow you on your socials and buy your shit and hand over their just full wallets to you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you would like to do exactly that, um, you can find me almost everywhere at Seductrix Evie, capital S, capital capital E. Um, or if you just want a one-stop shop, you can go to my website, um, www.seductrixevie.com, where you can find all of my links, all of my booking information, absolutely everything. Amazing. Uh, for me, uh, I keep getting shut down a bunch of places, so I don't have the same names over all platforms, unfortunately, anymore. But at, at the Lady Pim one on Twitter, at the Lady Pim on Insta, Bedpost Podcast on Instagram as well, uh, or Patreon. Very important people, the Patreon, so special. Patreon.com slash the Bedpost Show. And uh, yeah, I'm on TikTok for some reason as well. Um, the Lady Pim. <laughs> TikTok, TikTok, Instagram, Worship EV. That's yeah. a different one. <laughs> oh, perfect. Okay, good thing we mentioned. Um, yeah. And I also never like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who has done all the original music for my podcast. Her name is Stephanie Copeland. You can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. But Seductrix EV, this has been so very fun. Lovely conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast talking to you. (laughs) Me too. And I bet everyone listening had a blast as well. And to all you folks listening, we will see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here in the Bed Post Podcast talking about sex and sexuality. Until then, get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.